hopefully I get it on the first try. Three, two, one. This is the Unstoppable Podcast, where we are dedicated to bringing you comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. We hope this podcast will encourage, equip, and empower you with meaningful insights from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits. As you realize your potential, you will join a dynamic group of passionate people who are actively bringing the unstoppable power of heaven into the darkest places on earth. Here is your host, Justin Self. And here is your other host, Eric Taves. Hey, buddy. How's life? (laughs) I'm good, man. This is great. That's one of the things we need to talk about, changing that intro. So maybe I'm I'm in there and we're both I in like, there. Maybe, it, I like maybe that it's intro. in the outro. I do like that intro. We've been working on it, though. I like it. This is fun. I like this. This is really good. You know, I was talking to somebody not too long ago about the podcast. And I was like, oh, hey, make sure you listen to like the first couple episodes because we have a different intro back then that I thought was really good. Remember, I kind of shared a little bit of like a personal story and all this. Um, yeah. I mean, I like it better now, I think, just because it's more, it's more clean and quick. But I did like that first the first uh, couple episodes where we where we did that. So that was a good one because it told the whole backstory and we did that for I think the entire first season. I don't know if it was the whole thing, but it was it was it felt like a while. So we did it a while, yeah. And I think we even mm-hmm. at one point we re-recorded it so that it was shorter. And and yeah. I think you just started incorporating it into like the yeah. beginning of each episode. A little bit. Uh, and now we just don't do it at all. I could do it better, I think. And I'm in a new room compared to the last time, the last BTS we recorded this. I think even you're in a different room. I am. So so first of all, hi, well, welcome everybody. This is the season three kickoff behind the scenes with Eric and Justin. Can you believe we've done three seasons? Well, we've done two. Right, we've done two, but I mean, can you believe like it's been, I know we've done two seasons and, and there's a whole bunch of life stuff that's happened for you oh, that we man. should probably get into at some point. Um, but man of living two full seasons and we're kicking off number three. It actually is kind of weird to me. I keep thinking about that. Like we were talking earlier today, like, is this the fourth or the third or what are we doing? And like, I guess it's the third, but it feels for some reason, I don't know about you, Eric, but the last year to me, I think went by really fast. Whereas the first year of the podcast, for some reason, it felt like it took forever. We had a lot of changes, a lot of stuff, but the second year I felt like we kind of hit a groove and it just like snapped by for me. So I'm a little bit like, Surprise, here we are, season three. Okay, this is yeah. cool. It, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that you were going through school and having a kid, though. Having another kid, yeah. Right. That's true. That's true. That, that <laughs> didn't speed up your life at all. I guess that's. I guess that ha- might have had something to do with it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, now, you know, I've, I joined the club. Now I got multiple children and yep. multiple distractions, you know, but uh, I love them. <laughs> As a great comedian once said, you're not a parent until you have more than two. More than two? Okay. More than two, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. What have I been doing this whole time? I know, right? <laughs> Such failures. Oh, man. I feel like it got real with the second one, though. So I'm sure somebody <laughs> out there can relate to that. I'm I, sure. You know, yeah. honestly, though, Eric, you, okay, you, so you know, most of the listeners know I'm going back to school. Um, in my 30s, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by all the 18-year-olds and stuff. And so I'm immediately, like, unrelatable when they find out that I'm married and they have kids, like I had this one lab partner and he, he found out somehow, like we went the whole quarter without him knowing how old I was. Oh, and he wow. finally asked or something like he somehow found out or something or saw my way wedding ring or I don't know. And, and his, it was so funny. Cause like his first question wasn't 
like you would think it's like oh were you around with like whatever this 80s tv show or something no his question was this he's like do you remember what it was like to get on an airplane and like be able to go all the way up to the gate you know without having to go through security and like people could welcome you off an airplane with their (laughs) signs and stuff and i'm like Number one, weird question, but number two, yeah, yeah. of course I remember that. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I remember prior to 2001 in the United States. I always thought that was weird, though, because growing up in Canada, mm. we don't have that. Canada's always been, like, they didn't have to change anything after 2001. Okay. We always had, there was, like, security was security. You had to be a ticketed passenger to get past security. So it wasn't strange to me. The only problem is American airports were designed differently, right? Because Mm -hmm. you could walk into the, anyone could walk into the airport at any time and go do whatever. You could go shopping in the airport. I don't know why you would, but you could. And so they had to like completely redesign airports so that all of the security had to be like on, like there were some shops that were available and some shops that weren't. Just like in in. The Canadian yeah. airports. Canadian airports yeah. the same way. Some shops are available to everybody and some shops aren't. And some shops are available to non-international passengers and some shops aren't available to international passengers. But I'm not bitter about that Calgary International <laughs> Airport. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> That's been uh, what, right. uh, like right. 10 years. <laughs> We're gonna, Eric, years? Eric, doesn't one of our questions have to do with forgiveness? <laughs> 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 wait, wait, how does forgiveness try into sk- holding your I'm grudge? Oh, wait, ahead. never mind. Yeah, we'll, right, we'll get to that. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Before we start, I want to um, I want to mention the book. So I, I've written a book, and it's called Face to Face. The subtitle is An 18-Day Journey of Hearing God's Voice as His Friend. I made it short, you know, easy to read. It's a daily devotional style, but you can bust through it all in one setting if you want, or, you know, a couple settings. But it's, uh, I think it's like 130-something pages, so it's not not that bad. But it's really, a lot of it shares stories of me and my wife and, and our walk with the Lord and hearing his voice. I mean, we have heard his voice on so many occasions and we've stepped out. I'm not going to argue or debate the, the theology with anybody. I'm just I'm just bringing these scriptures to the table saying, hey, this is something that God spoke to us in this year. This is what he did. This is the story behind it. And this is the results. And, and it's working for us. And so I really wrote that book with you in mind because uh, I just, you know, hearing God's voice can be kind of a maybe a touchy or complicated or, or mysterious, mysterious subject. And even on the back cover of the book, I said, hey, we're, we're demystifying this whole idea of hearing God's voice. You know, it's not way out there. It's something relational, right? I mean, so I have it on Kindle and it's on paperback and you can get it on Amazon. I really encourage you to buy the book if you haven't gotten it already. I really believe it'll be an encouragement to you. I also wanted to thank the listeners. I wanted to thank our partners. Thank you so much. If you are a unstoppable partner, I'm I'm so thankful that you are a partner. Eric and I both are. Thank you. Yes, very much so. And if you're wondering what a partner is, a partner is somebody who gives finances regularly to unstoppable and you're helping us, uh, you know, put Basically, it's putting gas in the tank. And, and yes, it is free to preach the word of God. It is free, you know, to share these things. And, you know, everybody in the world has access to the things that we're talking about because we're just talking about scripture. And we're talking about, you know, what God's doing. But it, I mean, how many of you know that it costs money to, to, to get it done, to get the thing out there and to really, you know, share these teachings with, with other people. So the podcast takes money and all that. And so I just wanted to encourage you though, uh, we're hearing wonderful feedback. I don't look at the statistics often, but when I do look at them, I'm always surprised that we have people yes. all over the world listening to this yes. podcast. It's it's so amazing, and we're just so excited and thankful. You know, there are people that are so hungry for the Word of God, and here's an example. Uh, when we went to—we we have relationships with people and partners in Kenya, 
Africa. And I just want you to know, partners, when you guys are giving money to the Unstoppable, your money is actually changing lives in Kenya because the podcast does give a certain amount of money every month to our partners in Kenya who use that money to not only uh, spread the gospel through teaching ministries, but they are also purchasing Bibles. And I can't give too many details because there's actually security concerns in this in this area, but we are uh, going into areas where it's not friendly to the gospel and we are going in kind of covertly and we're bringing Bibles and we are doing things uh, in certain regions. And so I just want you to know that you are actually contributing to the proliferation of the word of God in some, literally, that's why we have that phrase in there in our, in our intro, some of the darkest places on earth. We actually are doing that. Like our partners um, in these other countries are actually physically going places that are in reality, very, very actually dangerous. So I just want to encourage you, you uh, partners that you are making a difference. Um, some of these people groups are uh, labeled as frontier people groups, unreached people groups. I mean, these are like people that are not reached with the gospel at all. So you are making a difference. Now, if you're not a partner, I encourage you prayerfully consider it, you know, become a partner. Unstoppable, uh, actually it's patreon.com slash unstoppable blog. And I encourage you to check it out. You can um, become a partner there. And if you do, we will send you a copy of Face to Face as a welcome gift to the partnership. Justin, will that copy be signed by the author? It will definitely be signed by the author. I will talk to him and convince him to do so. Convince him. Yeah. yeah. Every, every <laughs> Patreon subscriber gets a, gets a copy of the book. And, and, yep. um, and they make it, they, they really do help us make this, this possible. They, they helped, uh, we referenced this briefly earlier, they helped build the room that I'm sitting in uh, right. today um, because I built, uh, it had been my goal and my, my dream for a few years, both but before we started talking about this and as we started talking about the podcast, to put together my own voice recording booth. So I built myself with the help of my brother who's, real, who's in a general contractor and likes to play around with things. I built myself a blanket fort out of PVC pipe and acoustic blanketing, <laughs> put a brand new fancy microphone in it, uh, and a couple of other little things that I'm using to record today. And uh, the new mic is the biggest piece, and I'm just getting to have a great old time with it. This is the inaugural use for the podcast. We used it to test it out. My kids got to play around with it and chat with your son. Yep a little bit ago and just to hear it for you guys to hear it for the first time. So sounds great. Love it. Really liking it and, and just thrilled that it's finally coming together and, and hopefully we'll turn into some side projects for me in the future, which is the, the goal that I started out with long before the podcast was, Hey, I want to voice record again. I want to get behind the mic and, mm-hmm. and have some fun. So love and it. if you want to know what all it is, email us, ask yep. on the Facebook page, uh, social media, Yep. Wherever you can ask uh, Justin or go, myself. Go on the and, website and do contact. Yeah. We have a, a form yep. you can just fill out. But yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Eric. I want to tell people that we are, we want to pray with you. I really honestly will. I will be praying. My wife and I will be praying for you. Send us an email and and we, we are waiting for your emails to come in and we will join our faith with yours and we'll pray with you. And what we want to see, we want to see things happen on your behalf. And we want to agree with you in prayer. And so I just wanted to remind you, yeah, we're, we're ready for that. So, so send us an email. Join the email list is another way to do it. Um, you can you can reply directly to that email. But you can also get updates. Well, Eric, do we have anything else to to intro, or are we ready for, to bring the questions out? I think I think other than that, this is going to be a little different than our previous BTSs because we're doing a Q and A. Yep. So you guys got an email from us uh, mm-hmm. or from Justin with my lovely photo. I was 
Justin looked great in that photo, by the way. I, not so much. I think um, you looked great, too. <laughs> I appreciate that. I wasn't fishing <laughs> for a compliment there, but thank you. And and you guys responded. We reached out to a couple friends, too, mm-hmm. to get, like, kind of their individual responses. And that's actually the first question. A good friend of ours is, is who came up with this. And his question was, who is more crit- critical of the podcast before publishing? <laughs> <laughs> Dead silence. No response. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. That's the response to that one. What? I'll let you go first. Okay. You know, I. Okay. So my my answer today is different than it would have been last year. So last year, my answer would have been me. I think I was more critical because I don't know. I I guess I was just more like, oh, let's change this. Let's do this. There's all these things. You know, I want this change. I want this cut. Edit. You know, Eric, cut this. Cut this. Cut that. This sounds funny. Can we do anything about that, right? This year, it's been like, Eric just sends me this like really nice copy. And I listen to it and I say, yeah, let's cut like this or that. But that's it. I don't, so so nowadays, I think probably Eric, I don't know about what your answer is to this, but I, I, I'm not as critical as I used to be. So I think you you might be more critical than I am. Probably because yeah, you, clean, you clean it up so much before you give it to me. Like you give it to me <laughs> yeah. and it's done. And I'm like, great, yeah. you know? I think that's part of it is, yeah, I would say during, so it depends on where in the process, right? Like you will often, like when I get first, first version from you, so to briefly explain the timeline of how a podcast works in our, in our situation, this is specific to us. We record, Justin records the episode whenever he, he sets the, the time to record it. Whenever he can get to it, he records the episode. He uploads that episode to me and I pull it down. And usually we have a conversation of him saying, hey, here's, it's up, it's ready for you, pay attention to a couple of places, pay attention to a couple of things. And usually I get a, a quick like rundown from you of what, what you did and what your thoughts are on it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be, oh, that was really rough and I know it, sorry about that, you know, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to edit some stuff out. Other times you're just like, no, I'm happy with it, you know, edit what you can. And, and so then I start to go through it. And when I start to go through it, I'm looking for, you know, we obviously trim off the, the intro stuff that doesn't matter get the ending right. So that's, that's big, big chunks. And then I start to go through it and I start to listen for repetitive phrases like the word, um, (laughs) that I just used multiple times that I probably edited out, but I'm going to keep the fact that I set it in just to confuse everybody and be annoying. (laughs) Cause you're so powerful with your editing. (laughs) Cause I can do that. Cause I'm the editor. Just so everyone knows, Eric makes me sound really good. So I don't know how much of this podcast you're going to cut out, Eric, but if you're not hearing me say um or like or something silly every five seconds, it's because Eric fixed it. Because <laughs> in reality, I'm a lot messier. <laughs> yeah, and I've been really, I just realized how messy I've been so far. So I will do my best to apply my own principles of when I don't have a thought going through my brain, just don't talk. Silence is easy to eliminate. Words are hard. Yep. That's the basic principle. It comes to me. I run through it. I edit it as best I can. Sometimes I edit more than once. So sometimes I'll run through it. But usually uh, when I did it the first, initially I had one method. Now I use a different method. So when I started, we would do this. I would do this multiple times. So usually I would listen through it and I would kind of mark my edit points. Mm -hmm. And I would do, this is what we want to cut out. This is what we want to rearrange. This is what we want to change. And now I don't do that. Now I go through it piece by piece. And when I hear, a, hear something I want to change, I stop, I edit, and I move on. We've had a couple of times where secrets of podcasting, 
we changed the order of something. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Where Justin recorded something, realized that he didn't want to say that there, and so we were able to make to flip flip the elements and and combine them. One of the benefits of editing, you can just do that. When that's all done, we apply a bunch of effects to things to make it sound really, really pretty, and then I send it off to Justin. From there, it's a matter of what he wants to do. If he hears something that I missed or he realizes there's a mistake somewhere along the way that we decide Usually to it's either, with me. <laughs> either edit it completely out and cut yeah. a whole section to, to, to change the change the meaning of a of a piece or we just let it stand and i i think initially we probably did i don't know three or four edit versions and three or four final versions we did and now we're down to i don't even send you edit versions anymore you get a final edit from me and then we might do two more i think the last couple it's been v3 has been what's gone out yeah usually it's probably in the twos we've done a couple once you know it's like you send it and i'm like i this is great let's do it you know we've got yeah. a couple yeah, but pr- most of them are probably two two and three final edit final edits. and that's when i'm really critical i'm really critical yeah. during the edit process and you can tell sometimes when i've let things slide more than other times because there will be there are i know there's episodes out there where i've kind of been like i've gone through it and i've been like I don't want to edit that right now and it's it's gone through or I've gone I've had to step away. Usually it's I've stepped away, but if it's a Saturday night and we need it by Monday, uh sometimes there's some edits that go through. Yep. But generally we try to like we said it's it's a lot of filler words and phrases that yep. get repetitive that we just eliminate. Sometimes breathing, we do try to eliminate some of those things as well, not all the time. I do like them for space. Because it sounds natural. It sounds very mm-hmm. unnatural to have just dead space all the time. Yeah, Background noise, just a, hit, just a little bit of background noise is always good. And that's one thing, Eric, that you and I have talked about is I, I like that about the podcast. And I like that about your editing style is that you keep things a little bit more natural and you leave some of the, I guess, breathing room in for, I mean, pun intended, I guess. You know, that's what it is. Because I've even, and I don't want to, we don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we've, you, we've both, I'm sure all of us have heard podcasts that are just so overly produced to me, it's like, oh, this, this almost sounds too clinical. You know, it sounds too tight. And so I do like, because this is a conversational podcast. We want to be conversational. We want to be open and disarming, I guess. You know, I, I, I want to be a little bit more yeah. more loose with it. It's okay with that. But I still want it to be professional and excellent, which you do, of course. Yeah, and I think what we've, I, you know, if I'm speaking from putting on my pro hat and, and looking at it from what some of the other things I'm listening to right now and other things I'm hearing, we're on par with everything else I'm hearing on the market right now. And I think that's great. And we're cool. using, in some cases, we're using better tech. There's mm. a couple of podcasts I know out there that are using, you know, mm. AirPod or uh, EarPod microphones mm-hmm. to do the, all their recording. And I'm just like, guys, it doesn't, yeah. it's not that hard to get a focus right in a mm-hmm. microphone and hook it up and make it sound pretty or a USB yeah. mic or something, you know, something yep. like that. Long answer, short question. No, that's good. I, that was a fun one. Next two are kind of related to each other. So maybe maybe we try to hit these at the same time, Justin. I know we didn't talk about that okay. beforehand, but maybe we try to hit these at the same time. But when the pressure piles on, mm. when, you, when you have a lot going on, how do you handle that pressure and how do you stay refreshed at the same time? Mm. Okay. I'm, I have the same, and, and it's just a little bit tongue-in-cheek for me, but the same, it's the same answer in both cases for me. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> maybe disney plus. The pressure maybe disney plus 
Yeah, okay. I hide. I hide. I go hide. I, 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 I avoid and, and I sometimes, yeah, sometimes I have to just put my head down and, and go drive through it. Yes, that's true. I do yeah. do that. And we all do that. But yeah. how, do I, how do I relieve the pressure valve sometimes? YouTube. YouTube. Or nice. just internet in general. You know, you know, videos online, things like that. But I know that you have something far more insightful. Yeah, mine's gonna sound super spiritual now, and now it's gonna, you know, it's, I don't want to downplay your, you know, YouTube. No, is fine, totally fine. Because I mean, I, I'll say that, like, I think I don't know if I for 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 the purpose of refreshment or handling pressure, I, I don't, I can't honestly say that I go to YouTube. But I, I'm, I will say that I do, I do watch YouTube, and I can easily get lost in like a coffee video or something where it's like how to pull a good espresso shot or even like right now I'm into latte art, you know, I'm really working on my latte art and it's like, I could, I could legitimately get lost. Is that why you're lost. wearing a dopio shirt right now? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I would be able to get that reference into the podcast. Yay! Good job. You figured it out. You've never seen me in this shirt before. You know where this I is I have from? not seen you in that shirt. Do you know, no, do you I know don't. where this is? It's from Hood River. This is a shop oh, in is Hood River, Hood Oregon. River? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Okay, I, that makes sense with the mountain. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Good That's coffee. That's so cool. All that to say, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely spend time on YouTube just like anyone else. Um, coffee videos, but, but in reality, yeah. Okay, how about the pressure? How do you handle the pressure when it piles on? Yeah, that's something that I've had to learn a lot more uh, in the recent years because of school and children and are just the fact that I'm focused on going to school. I mean, I'm very, very focused, and God's word to me was laser focus on school. Here's a helpful hint. I mean, if you, if you're looking for a word from God and you're not hearing anything, you, you, what's the answer is you, you go back to what he said last, right? Maybe, maybe he's not saying something right now to you because he's already said something to you that you're not walking in. And I'm saying that from experience. That's kind of how it's been for me in this season. You know, it's like, I'll, I'll feel the pressure and I'm like, okay, Lord, like I want a word. I want a word. And then he always reminds me, it's like, Hey, I've given you a word. And in this season, the word is laser focus on school. We have made life decisions based on that word. Anyway, so because of that, uh, I have this kind of, I guess, a mantra. I don't know if that's the right word, but this thing that the Lord spoke to me that I just, man, I just, I live by this. And here's what he said. He said, never let your output exceed your relationship. And the context. I feel like that's yeah. a scripture reference somewhere. I, you know, honestly, if it is, I haven't found it, but and I think I may have mentioned this last year on the behind the scenes episode. Yeah, maybe that, maybe we talked about it last time too. I think we did, but never let your output exceed your relationship basically. And it, I mean, you, you could find scriptures to match this concept. So it is a biblical concept, but basically it's my relationship with him and I can easily, all of us can get right. so busy with what we're doing. And for me, it's, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm over here talking about hearing God's voice and going on an adventure, but it's with anybody. I mean, maybe you're just putting your head down at work and you're just being a good employee. Maybe you're just, you know, working on respecting your boss or doing a good job or whatever, building the new product, developing that product line, whatever it is that you're doing. Never let your output exceed your relationship with God. And for me, what that looks like is onto the second question, staying refreshed. So for me, it's like, I can almost feel it like a gas tank. I can almost feel my, my, my relationship with mm-hmm. God tank get low. And if it gets mm-hmm. low enough, because of my output, because I'm pushing so hard with all these other things that I'm doing in life, I'm headed for burnout. Some people think, if you know me well, some people look at my life and what I'm doing, they think I'm just this crazy person. And they say, how do you have time to do all this stuff? How do you, how can you possibly be whatever you want to fill in the blank with book, podcast, 
aerospace school kids church you know whatever and i'm not trying yeah. to sound cool or anything that i can do all this stuff because i <laughs> i push too hard and i have a problem with saying yes to be honest but i'm working on it my my answer is as long as my like when i'm flowing in my quiet time with the lord and i'm staying refreshed my life scripture is colossians 1 28 and 29. And here's what it says in the Amplified Version. It says, Him, this is talking about Jesus, Him we preach and proclaim, warning and admonishing everyone and instructing everyone in all wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, that we may present every person mature, full grown, fully initiated, complete and perfect in Christ, the anointed one. And here's verse 29. It says, For this I labor unto weariness, striving with all the superhuman energy, which he so mightily enkindles and works within me. And that is my life scripture because I believe that's what God's called me to do is to teach people and also to, to go and to do practical things, um, bringing people into a closer relationship mm -hmm. with God and with the word. But for me, it's, I can operate at a superhuman level when my relationship is right. When I have the cart and the horse in the correct order, if I'm trying to go right. and do output, 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 and I let my relationship tank with God run dry. I, I've just hamstrung my whole plan. I mean, I've just cut myself off from the source of life. So here's here's how I stay refreshed practically. Now, I think last year I mentioned this, but I didn't go into it. I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, we talked about this when I was talking about, we talked about how finding time, just time, managing time was where this came out of last yeah. last year. And this this time it's, it's coming out of staying refreshed, which is can be the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So true. And so the, I'm going to share it now. Uh, there's seven things that I do to stay refreshed every single day. And I will admit, I didn't make these up. I got these from um, Pastor Rick Renner. So you can look this up online. But these are seven things. And I I heard this message from him. And I just, I'm like, I'm going to do those seven things. And I have been for years. And it's working for me. All right. Number one, every day, spend time with God in the morning. Number two, every day, take time to acknowledge God throughout the day. I have a thing on my phone, an app on my phone, and I just set it to remind me to acknowledge God or just, you know, Jesus is Lord or here's a scripture or something. And I just have it go off. It'll alarm at random times throughout the day. It Just whatever I'm doing, I just stop, stop what I'm doing. I look at that and I just remember for even just a moment, oh, Jesus is Lord, you know, praise God. Like I just, because you can get so busy, you know, just even taking yeah. those momentary pauses throughout the day can really shift things. Yeah. So number three is every day spend, I spend time feeding my spirit on other sources. That means I don't just read the Bible only. I do that in the morning, but I do read other books or I listen to podcasts or I listen to YouTube teachings or something from other respected, you know, solid and grounded, of course, Bible teachers. And I listen to them and I receive revelation from, from them. And that really builds me up. The, other, the next one is every day spend time with people who strengthen your soul. I make it a point every single day of my life to call somebody that's very close to me that I know is running in my lane, if you know what I mean. Like we're, we're pursuing the Lord, we're pursuing what he's called us to do in life and people who are in similar situations, but people who can speak life to me. And mm -hmm. it's very important for me to maintain these relationships. And you might not always have a relationship like that uh, close by, but you might have someone in another town or someone else in your life or some past part of mm -hmm. your life. I encourage you to stay in touch with those people. Reach out. If there's yeah. somebody, if you don't have a, a group of those people around you that can really speak life to you and encourage you and also call you out when you're <laughs> off base or something, those are so important. 
And so I make it a point every single day to talk to one of those people on the phone. And I have a group of guys that I, that I do talk to regularly. Yeah. And that's, that's good. That's so, that's so valuable to do. And if, if you don't have that, it is just relationships are so important not to go off on a bit of a tangent here, but I just want to add relationships are so important when you, when I'm, when you're like me and I'm an extrovert and I'm an outgoing person, I, I know a thousand people, but I don't know very many that well. Mm. Unlike introverts that know 10 people, but they all know them really, really well. And then they marry each other and it causes all <laughs> kinds of fun. Uh, but it, it's just it, the hard thing for me for years had been that deeper connection. And I'm not sure I have it yet with everybody, like with the, with all the right people I know. I have it with some people, but it's probably yeah. not as deep as it should be. Find a group of people that you can do that with on a regular basis. Even if, yes, you live on the other side of the country and you want to be friends with somebody uh, and you want to be close with them, do it over Zoom, the bad yeah. word, you know. Yeah. Do it do it online. Do something. My church encourages it actively with, with yeah. small group meetings, community groups, they call it. And it, it helps. And it it's just I've noticed this summer when we don't meet, we don't meet in the summer that I have definitely been a little different than in the winter when I'm, when I'm not meeting with those people. Mm. It's so important. I agree. Yeah. And so much scripture on that too, about encouraging one another. So yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank uh, goodness. It doesn't say be critical of one another. No, it doesn't say that. Some people think it does though, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Are we? Not right now. <laughs> Maybe later. Maybe the forgiveness topic. Okay, so the fifth one here, every day spend some amount of time in quietness. I know you said you're an extrovert, but I know you like quietness. Come on. Once in a while, yes, but my version of quiet and everybody else's version of quiet are still very different things. <laughs> quiet with a little, as long as there's some, I, have, I found an app that has some pretty like just generic music. And actually one of my buddies records like what's called downbeat music and I just listen to that and he's really good at it and I really enjoy his stuff so he's recorded some stuff and I've listened to that and then I use another an app it's called Calm hmm. you may have heard of it. it it's not Christian or anything like that it's but it does have just background music and noise that's very just there and so I, I find that it helps me focus on what I'm doing at times mm -hmm. and I think without going too far into this it's it's so it's, it's actually really hard for us in this society to get quiet and quiet our, our, our souls. And if I have to go to the bathroom to do it, I will. I'll go to the bathroom, I'll close the door, and I'll just hang out for a few minutes and just get quiet time. I need that space just to be quiet and reset, you know, hit the reset button and, again, talk to the Lord or just, just for practical purposes to, to get away and recenter yourself. So healthy. All right, this next one I could talk forever on, but I'm just going to keep it brief. Every day, say yes to the things that you should do and no to the things that you shouldn't do. Let me clarify. This is talking, and, and I think Rick Renner, these are the numbers he uses. And, and again, nobody, don't quote me on this. I've not done the research, but this is just what I've heard. So it's, um, I think it's like 80% of what you do, somebody else could do right now. Somebody else could just be doing that stuff. And then 15% of what you do, someone else could be trained to do, right? Have you heard this, Eric? Yeah, I've heard some. I've heard some of okay. this. Yeah, yeah, and the numbers might be different, but then then that leaves us five percent. So five percent of what you do, only you can do. And again, I'm not going to argue the, the the details, but I know there is research somewhere, you know, somewhere that agrees loosely with that. Well, I take yeah. it and I say, man, 
I want to be operating in my 5%. That's what I call it is I want to do my 5%. Recording this podcast right now is my 5%. This is one of those things that I can't train someone else to, to, you know, to do what you and I do, Eric, and to have these types of conversations and share what God's done in our lives and really encourage people and do what we've been called to do. Like that's the thing. So I want to encourage our listeners, find out what that 5% is. Find out what that thing is that God's given you to do that no one else in the whole wide world can do. Maybe it's not, it isn't speaking on a podcast. Maybe it's just connecting with single moms, bringing people meals, having conversations over coffee with people yeah. that no one else will talk to. I'm talking about all that stuff. It doesn't have to be big and grandiose and all that stuff. The podcast is what everyone sees. And so everyone thinks it's this big thing, but nobody knows what's yeah. going on behind the curtain. We're meeting, you know, right. Jenny and I are meeting with people. We're making friends. We're speaking into people's lives. We're doing things. We're serving people. We're submitted to our pastors and our leadership. You know, we're doing the little things. But a lot of those things are 5% things that no one else in the world can do. So every day do it. Okay. Last one is every single day ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, I will refer you to multiple episodes that we've done on the podcast about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to say I'm not talking about every single day ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That, that would be like the same as try to get saved every single day or try to get baptized in water every day. No, these things are a one-time event. I'm asking about receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And whether mm -hmm. you believe in the baptism mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit or not, or tongues or any of that stuff or not, there's nothing wrong with asking for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, anoint me. Yep. Holy Spirit, come on me. Fill me up. Yep. You know, you're with your presence and your goodness. And yep. even that simple act of asking, you know, we have to ask. We, we have to ask for these things. And he, he's so faithful. So that's it. So those, hope you're, hope you're tracking with that. Those are the safe seven things. And I really do go through a list and I do go through, and I, and I really want to hit on those seven things every single day. I think those are really important. And, and I get, like I said, I've been doing that for a couple of years and it works for me and my life has stay. I, I have more staying power. If you know what I mean, it's less of a roller yeah, coaster. I, I mean, I'm still going through it, man. I'm still going through stuff and I still get hit with stuff all the time. Like right now I can, I can rattle off six major, major things that we're dealing with right now that all look impossible. They all look like they would take us out, but I'm not moved by it because I mean, right. we're, we're practicing a life of refreshment, a life of being filled with the spirit, a life of balance. And our relationship with God is, is more important than any of this other stuff. So that's how I stay refreshed. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Next question. Someone asked, it was more a statement that came through to us, but they wanted us to talk a little bit about uh, loving those who aren't believers, loving yeah. unbelievers. That's and good. this is something I think is, is such an integral part of our society right now, because if you don't agree with me, you hate me. Mm -hmm. that's, sure. that's what we see. That's what's presented. That's what that that's my perception of what we we see and hear and feel in in the world and because everything is a is media run it's an image problem because i certainly don't know anyone i know that intentionally like goes out and hates people because of the way they behave it's, that is a, that is a christian are there christians in the world that are just jerks yeah, yeah, you better bet them. there are. Yeah, <laughs> but there's plenty of non-Christians that are just jerks to be jerks too. Yeah, it's an image problem, not a. And we have, if we, but we have to fix the image, and I'm not sure how to fix that image because we can love people all they want if we disagree with them. 
on how they choose to live their life or a way they choose to live their life. As an unbeliever, they are not beholden to the rules we are beholden to. They are not following the Bible. They are not a Jesus follower. They do not have to do those things. Now, it is our job, it is our mission to get them to believe in God and follow Jesus. Once you get that, once you get them to that point, and by the way, I don't think that's holding a sign and screaming at them. That's developing a relationship with them and sitting down with them and having dinner with them and having coffee with them and just getting to know them without being critical of whatever lifestyle choice they're making, no matter what it is. If you can do that and get the relationship, once they have that relationship, once they are following the creator of the universe, now that's when you have the conversation that says, do you know that thing that you've done for X number of years? You can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And here's why. And you made the decision. And I, we talked about some of this stuff. But I, didn't, I wasn't critical. I just let you know. I let you know that there were going to be changes. And you were going to feel those changes. You were going to realize those changes. As this relationship with me developed, as you developed your relationship with Jesus, you're going to have to stop doing that sinful thing. Now, no one's perfect. Far from it. We all sin. And that is okay. We, have, we go to Jesus, we ask for the forgiveness, and we start again. Every time. But the, the, the attitude that we're a Christian country speaking for the United States. So everybody has to act like Christians. That's moralism. Wow. Yeah. And we don't want that. We don't. We don't. You don't want somebody that just follows the Bible because they think they have to follow the Bible. You want somebody to follow the Bible because they believe it. There's my soapbox for the podcast. Eric, that's good. No, I appreciate that. I love that. Yeah, my, my, my answer is real similar. Um, I wanted to... I love that. And and one of the best ad- pieces of advice I ever received from somebody it was a pastor actually. And I think I was complaining to him about this unbelieving coworker I had back in the day. And I'm like, man, this guy just, he doesn't want to hear anything about God. He doesn't want to hear, you know, how God's changed my life, you know, and all this stuff. And my pastor just looked at me. He's like, dude, he's like, you're not trying to convert him. You're just trying to be a, f- you're trying to be his friend. And that, that shifted it to me because it's like I kind of had these secret motives of like I'm trying to like convert this person to be a Christian, which as you said, Eric, that yes, yes, that is the mandate and that is the commandment for us to share the love of, share the love of Jesus and for people to receive, receive Christ. Of course, that's the mission. But when I personally, I'm speaking from experience, when I approach a person and I label them as a sinner and I label other people's people as saints, then I'm in the wrong already. I'm totally in the wrong because now I've labeled this person as a sinner and so now my mind is like, well... I can solve their problems. You know what I mean? How am I going to get them to accept yeah. Jesus? And then you start all this crazy stuff. No, yeah. it's, it's yes. At the end of the day, I want, and again, this, the question had to do with loving an unbeliever. When you see people not through the lens of humanity of like, Oh, sinner versus saint or good versus bad or not going to heaven, going to heaven. Even if you get rid of that part and you look at somebody in the image of God, that's what it says in the beginning of the Bible. We, we, as a humanity were, were made in the image of God. And so looking at a person who has not yet accepted Jesus Christ, you, you see them in the image of God and you love them so deeply. And it doesn't always look like Bible thumping them. 
in the beginning or something, right? Like what you're it saying. It should it, never look like Bible thumping them in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a relationship. Exactly. Because if you thump, if you take the Bible and throw it down their throat, they will turn and run. Well, I would. Because Wouldn't you? I Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like anything though. Like any anything you hear. Yeah. If your initial reaction is disagreement, if if that person, if you don't know that person, it's so easy to just go, oh, that random person, I don't know, yeah. pff, their opinion doesn't matter. If yeah. you know that person and you're having a, a, a deeper conversation about that topic, you're far, far more likely to pay attention and to actually consider changing your mind. Yeah. Another good saying that I remember is, if you, if you, you know, talk to somebody about receiving Jesus or something, and I, I'm talking to the Christians here or, and, and non-believers here. I mean, this, this makes sense to everybody. Anything that you talk somebody into, somebody else smarter than you is going to talk them out of. I, again, I'm, think about it. So yeah, any, anything that you talk somebody into, basically someone else can talk them out of. And so that's the reason why when I'm ministering to somebody, it's not just about my words and like my fancy theology or my argument. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's literally me sharing what God's done in my life or the power of the Holy Spirit in them or in, in me through them or, you know, whatever. It's an encounter with the Lord. And so like, like what Eric, you're talking about, you know, taking someone out to dinner, having coffee with them. I've had so many in interactions with people who are not yet believers become Christians not because I've harped on them, but because we just spent time together. We rubbed shoulders and I just looked at them in the image of God and I just loved them so much. Like you love them so much that you don't, you look at the sin, you look at the, the stuff they're doing, you know, habitually, the, the, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, that they're doing, like, like you said, Eric, they're in a different kingdom. We don't hold them to the same standards as you hold a Christian to. Why? Because the Christians, they are in a different kingdom. It's almost like, if yeah. like I travel to Kenya and we do work with in Kenya, like I mentioned earlier, Kenya right. has different laws, civil laws that are different than America's laws. I can go to Kenya right. and I can do different things and I have, I'm subject to that law of that kingdom, right? When I'm there, right. I don't get, I don't get to do things over there just because there's a law in America for it, North America for it. And likewise, I don't get to come back from Kenya and, and, you know, I, it, it, let's, let's say I don't even know if there's a speed limit in Kenya, <laughs> but let's say I, I, let's <laughs> I think say there I, is, but I don't know that anyone follows it. I've never seen anyone, anyone follow it. So what if I drove like <laughs> they did in Kenya, right? <laughs> any, any, right? Any listeners who have been there, they know. If I come back here and I start driving like that, I'm going to get pulled over. What if I said to the officer, officer, I'm doing nothing wrong. I am driving according to the law in Kenya. You wouldn't get in trouble in Kenya for this. You know what he's going to say? <laughs> Ticket. You know, you're yeah, not in you're Kenya, You're not in son. Kenya, dude. And so that's the point I'm making here is that the unbeliever, if you're not, if you're an unbeliever, which means you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're, you're in a different kingdom. Like you, you don't follow the same laws. We Christians follow different laws. Like we're in a different kingdom. And the reason for following the laws, again, you see somebody doing something harmful to themselves. Like you love somebody enough to say something about it. And that does come with relationship. If I see somebody who's harming themselves spiritually, emotionally, physically, if they'll let me speak into their life, I want to share what I have with them to help them have a better life. Like if somebody's smoking, <laughs> if I have an opportunity to say something, I'm going to say, hey, 
did you know that smoking kills you? It's not good for you. Like there's things, you know, like, you know, it's, it's not condemning. It's not judgmental. It's like, bro, I want you to live longer. I want you to be healthier. I have it. My grandpa died of lung cancer. Like it tears your family up, you know, like it's, it's not coming from a place of judgment or condemnation or nasty bigotry or whatever people want to say. Right. It's coming from a place of legitimate love. Yeah, and I think the problem is that that people don't see that because, again, of going back to what I said at the beginning of, of this conversation, this part of the conversation, an image. The image is if you disagree with me, you hate me. You don't love me. You're, you're, I, you know, and it, it's that I, I've said this before. I think this is the third BTS we've done. This is now the third time I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Civility of discord. Mm-hmm. The lack of the ability to have a conversation where both parties do not agree on something and to be civil about it and to understand that that exists. And, and you can have that without a relationship. You can disagree with somebody without having a relationship. You can have that ability to then develop a relationship with them so you can understand each other's perspective better. I, I may, I've told you this story. I don't know if I've told, I've told it to a few people, but one of my good friends writes posts on Facebook and they're sometimes controversial. And I'm not somebody that responds to a lot of those posts. I read them. I read the other comments about them. I enjoy them. And I will, if I feel the need to say something, I will go directly to the person and say it via text message or, you know, a, a phone call or whatever. He actually had somebody that was constantly saying something to him online in the opposite in the opposite way in the negative in negative opposite and he finally had enough and reached out to that person and said you know what i want to meet you hmm. i don't know you you post a lot on my stuff i want to meet you in person i want to talk to you about these things hmm. so they went out and they met in person had coffee guess what much better relationship because of it i'm sure they still post but they understand each other differently yeah because and I will say this. I love the purpose of social media. I hate what it's become. Yeah. I love that it connects people. I hate that it's you. Anyone can post anything they want without a care for what any feelings will get hurt. And we just have to get back to where I can, I can love you and I don't have to agree with you about everything. Yep. And Christians need to accept that too, to some extent. Like, it can't just be a one-way thing, right? They can love me and not agree with me, too. And that needs yep. to be okay. Yep. We can't just be like, you're wrong because what you do is sinful, and I love you, but you're sinning. Yeah. That goes back to the label thing, I think, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, sinners and saints. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We could do a whole episode on this. Uh, we could. We could. But we have, we have actually lots, lots more to do. Let's do this one because I think we can hit this really quickly. Um, okay. Is there an unforgivable sin and what does that entail? Okay, yeah, that, that's a really good question. Uh, I think we can do it quick. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I probably could talk about this for a while, but I could, I'm a talker. So <laughs> um, I, I want to go ahead and flip to this in the scripture in case you, uh, you haven't heard this before. This might be new to you, listeners. I, this, this is actually mentioned multiple places in scripture. So I'm going to go ahead and read this to you where it talks about, you know, uh, what, what people might call the unforgivable sin. So, so here it is. So this is Jesus talking to the religious people and he, he's casting out demons and the religious, you know, the scribes and the Pharisees are saying, Hey, this guy doesn't cast out demons except through 
Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And so in, in, in response to that, this is what Jesus said. This is out of Matthew chapter 12. You can also find this in Luke chapter 12 and also Mark chapter 3. So this is what Jesus says. He says, therefore, I say unto you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the son of man, that's Jesus, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. And so that's where we get this, this idea of this, of this unforgivable sin. And I will admit that theologians have had a hard time with that verse over the years. And so I'm not going to try to claim any special revelation or you know anything better than anyone else has ever had. I'm not, I'm not going to try to say that. But I will say is this. I looked up that word blaspheme in the Greek. And let me read from my notes. This is what it says. It says, to blaspheme, blasphemeo, it means to speak reproachfully, to rail at, to revile. Another word, another uh, dictionary that I used said, this word basically means abusive speech, right? You're, you're using abusive speech against the Holy Spirit. And so as I'm praying about this, I feel like the Lord gave me an answer on it. But then I also looked it up in some of these you know, commentaries and I did find a common ground here. And this is what the theological dictionary of the New Testament says about this particular verse. It says, this is talking about the willful and wicked rejection of God's saving power and grace. And so what I'll say about this is, you know, why is it the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Is it you go out one time and you say, oh, I hate the Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit's bad or something. You know, is it like you, you just, I think most people might think of the unforgivable sin, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Like maybe you said something one time against the Holy Spirit and now like you're mm -hmm. screwed or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's this one yeah. thing. And I, and I think that's a very valid point because that's literally what I grew up believing it was for so many years. I, I didn't know. Right. And I really thought, I'm like, I need to be careful with my words because if I say the wrong thing, I will have just screwed myself for all eternity. Right. I want to put you at ease. I don't believe that that's the case. I really don't. I believe what this is talking about is the Holy Spirit is the one who baptizes us into the family of God. The Holy Spirit is the person who physically transforms you through salvation. The scripture is very clear about that. The Holy Spirit is the one who baptizes us into the family of God. And then also, I want to mention over here in the book of John and chapter 16, listen to this. It says, this is Jesus talking again. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. This is talking about the Holy Spirit. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And listen to this. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I want to point out really quickly, the Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin. What sin is that? It says the sin of not believing in Jesus. Of not receiving mm -hmm. the only way out of this thing. And so... Mm -hmm. My, my comment on all this, I'm saying all this to say, the Holy Spirit is the one who baptizes you into the family of God. If you're going to uh, blaspheme the Holy Spirit, it's literally talking about blaspheming, abusively speaking against God's plan for salvation. Mm -hmm. And I would agree, Scripture, from my, from my opinion, Scripture does lean towards if you are just, I mean, I have two points here. One point is if you just are going to sit here and revile the Holy Spirit and and never received Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're you, you're not going to be forgiven because you you missed it. Like yep. you're tr you want to get the forgiveness, but you don't get the forgiveness because you right. didn't ask for it. You didn't go for it. My other point right. is that 
And this one, I don't want to go too far into this because we could hijack the whole episode. But if you go into Hebrews chapter six, <laughs> Eric's looking at me like, bro, you already did it. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No, I'm good. Hebrews six. I'm, I'm, I'm tracking with you. Okay. All right. And then it'll be your turn. So I'll, see, I told you, I told you it's going to be hard to, hard to slow down on this. Yeah, I, no, you're totally fine. I'm not worried about it at all. He, he, Hebrews chapter six does talk about what I believe personally are steps that a believer can actually take willfully to reject Christ and actually lose their salvation. I know I opened up a can of worms right there. We're not going there. Maybe we'll do a podcast on it. But yes, if anybody asks me, I do believe a Christian can lose their salvation. I don't believe that it's something you do on a Saturday night after waking up and saying, I'm going to lose my salvation today or something. No, this is something, if you read the scripture, it's a progressive, willful, disobedient. Over time, you're making the choice. You're making the choice. You're rejecting Christ. You're putting him to an open shame. And you know better. You've operated in power. You've operated in gifts. Read the list. It's pretty, there's quite a few hoops to jump through. But all that to say, yes, I believe there is an unforgivable sin. I don't think it's you do something and then snap your fingers, you're out. I think it is talking about this. And I think that's, I think my answer is a little bit different because I didn't have that perspective prior to five minutes ago when you started okay. talking about it. Okay. When, when I, they said unforgivable sin in my mind, I, I, I was thinking action. So is there something mm. I can do as a human to be unforgiven by God? And the answer to that question, I believe is unequivocally no. Yeah, I agree with that. There is no unforgivable sin. The, the, the most evil, disgusting, vile thing you can come up with in your brain, it, it, no, it's forgivable. However, what you said, there is that, but that is not something that is not simple. Right. It is not simple. <laughs> no, it it's is, not. <laughs> it, 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 it is deep and advanced and, and a process that you have to yeah. go through that you can do. Yeah, I will admit. I, I, I Hebrew six. I obviously need uh, to go look at Eric. I, I, I can't say who this is, but there is. I, I literally can can tell you right now, and I have no problem saying this on the podcast. I actually know somebody in my whole life. I've I've never never heard of this in my life, but I actually know a real a, a person who I believe is walking through this right now, and I'm praying for them every day. But I'm actually walk, mm. watching them walk out Hebrews six, and I'm legitimately concerned about their salvation. And and I don't say that lightly because this is if you read read those those hoops that you have to jump through, they're pretty gnarly. You know yeah. what I mean? They're, it's it's like a pretty willful, it's not like, you know, we hear about these people deconstructing their faith. Again, I don't know where they're at. I don't know what's going on in their heart, but I'm saying yeah. the, the list of things you have to do to lose your salvation as a Christian is pretty serious. Yeah. And you know what you're doing and you are willfully turning your back on yeah. salvation and you know what you're doing. Yeah. And there's a massive difference between deconstructing what you grew up with in a particular branch of the yeah. Christian church and yeah. discontinuing your belief in God completely. You can deconstruct all you want. I don't have a problem with that. As long as you're still a Jesus follower in the end, you can deconstruct. You can say, I think the church is wrong on everything. As long as you hold to the central tenant that Jesus is Lord. I'm well, yeah. totally fine with however you want to deconstruct. If you want to go follow a different, a different path entirely, great. If that works for you, great. As long as you follow the same simple, the, you know, the simple word, yeah. the simple word is believe in Jesus, believe that he saved you, believe yeah. that he forgives you, period, end. Everything right. else is details. Yes, yeah. there's a 66 book, 66 you know, book book that has more details, yeah. but 
if it comes down to, you know, the basis of our faith. Yeah. You're a Christian if you believe Jesus is Lord and Savior. There's one God and you are not him. <laughs> and we need a Savior. And that's it. And, and yeah. if, you, if you get that and you go there, everything else is forgivable. That's correct. Everything else. Yeah. Well, and, and it has been forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. I, Justin, I think let's jump because since we're talking about okay. forgiveness, I think I okay. want to go to that, the forgiveness question. We had somebody write into us and it, it's fairly lengthy. So I'm going to kind of sum it down into a, a couple of statements here. They discussed how Christians have to ask for forgiveness from Jesus and God, but they, so we have to make that request for that forgiveness, but their yeah. curiosity is if they have to forgive others without a request from those other people for forgiveness. And there's some, some other details there, but let's, let's start there. Let's just start with, do I have to forgive somebody if they don't ask for forgiveness? If they don't ask. Okay. Are you asking me? Or, or should <laughs> I, should I forgive someone even if they don't ask. I think that those might be two different questions. Do I have to and should I? Maybe the, maybe, maybe the difference in there okay. it, because of the way the English works. Okay. Um, sure, I think, we can address both of those. Th- I think there's two different questions there. Okay. I, I think there's a very clear answer for the should, and I think there's a very different answer for the do I have to. I, I'm going to try to be very quick on this. Um, <laughs> I think the answer is we should, no matter what. We should always try to forgive, if at all possible, perceived wrongs. We talked a, a bit ago about holding grudges and about how I'm, I'm still frustrated about the Calgary airport. Yes, it was tongue in cheek, <laughs> but <laughs> I really wanted Bernard Calibo that day. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful chocolatier. doesn't exist anymore, but whatever. Anyway, should I forgive? Yes, but I can still talk about it and, and I think it fun, think it's funny. Do I have to? No, I don't have to. But because I've been forgiven, I should want to. And I mm. think that's what this boils down to. It's, that's good. do I have to do it? No, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to. I should want to. And Jesus told us that we have to, for, like, Jesus basically says you have to do it. You have to mm. forgive. But it is in the context of being asked. Because he does talk about forgiving your brother 70 times 7. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, don't just only forgive him 490 times. That's what the math says, but, and that's what some translations say. It's unlimited. Sure. If they ask for forgiveness and they truly mean it, you have, you, you must forgive them. Now, in- well, Hold on, in, hold on, let me interrupt. W- you said if they truly mean it. Sure. What if they don't truly mean it? You I forgive think that's them part, again. I agree with that. I just wanted to point that out. You said that, but I think that's part of what this question is asking. Because they mean, truly mean it. And, and they may- think they meant it at the time. And just because they make the same mistake again, doesn't mean they're any less worthy of forgiveness. I agree. Yeah. As frustrating as that can be. Now, don't enable them. Don't be a doormat where you just let them push all over you and, and get away with whatever. And I realize that that's hard to do at times because you maybe wind up hurting them because you, can, you just say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to allow you to continue coming to me and saying, I did this thing. And it hurts you, and I'm sorry, forgive me. And if they do the same thing over and over again, at some point, you have to say, why are you asking me to do this over and over again? Just stop. 
what mm-hmm. can I do to help you stop rather than giving you forgiveness? Why don't I help you change the behavior? And it's a little more challenging when you're dealing with a believer and a non-believer or, or, or a non, you know, the, the non-believers asking for forgiveness, which they, is a concept that really doesn't translate well between believers and non-believers, but the con, it's an open concept. Uh, I think though, they shouldn't have to ask and it doesn't require them to. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness does not impact the other person in any way. You do not have to forgive another person to their face to forgive them. It's not required. You just have to forgive them. Yep. Now, Forgetting? It's a whole different story. God sure. can forget. We're human. That's not possible. <laughs> a little harder. It's yeah. just not. But yeah. forgiving? Forgiving we can all do. Yeah. That's good. What do you think? I, I think it's awesome. I think I, I like this question because it shows, it kind of reveals something um, at a deeper place in who we are as Christians. And I think it reveals something in the heart of God. I look at God's forgiveness. He he forgave us when we didn't ask for it and we didn't deserve it. Like he forgave us, meaning he he wiped the thing clean. Now, let me be careful about that. I'm not saying that he, like we, okay, we didn't receive forgiveness from God from our sinful nature. Like we didn't get born again until we received God's forgiveness. Does that make sense? He, he took care of sin on the cross. It's It's dealt with. But we didn't receive that forgiveness until we, you know, encountered him. Now, the same at the same token, I believe we should be that way with other people is just constantly in forgiveness with people. And if somebody asks me for it, great. If they don't, doesn't matter. Like, I agree with what you said, Eric. I will. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to choose to walk in forgiveness no matter what. And I'm not going to wait for someone to, to ask me. In fact, I've had many people in my life where I have had to forgive them independent of their involvement, independent of them talking to me because I've realized in my heart, like when I realize in my heart that I, I'm harboring unforgiveness towards somebody, that's on me. I really don't care what they're doing. I don't care if they've repented or not. I don't really care. I honestly don't care. I wish the best for them. I bless them, but I, I don't care. What I care about is the fact that I've allowed something to come into my heart that's tearing me up. We could talk forever about that. In fact, in the in the ne- next couple episodes, I am going to be talking about one of the laws of faith has to do with forgiveness. If you want to try to be walking in faith and believe in God and seeing the supernatural come to pass, there is a scriptural precedent for walking in forgiveness. If you are going to harbor something in your heart with unforgiveness towards a person and you know it, I'm here to tell you, your faith is going to be hijacked. It's not going to work yeah. very well. You're not going to be able to believe God for healing or finances or life or peace or stuff, when you're over here harboring forgiveness, that is just, that doesn't work. And there's scripture and I'm going to go into that. But awesome. for me, preview of what's to come preview. I know I had to throw that, throw that in there, you know, preview of the, the physics of faith, you know, series, little plug. Yeah. Coming out soon, coming soon. I think it's important because people need to understand that like, like what you said, Eric, it doesn't, it doesn't have to uh, be something that they're involved with. I think that's really important. Like when you're sitting here thinking, well, I, I'm not going to forgive them or I need to wait for them to do something to forgive, to, to ask for forgiveness. Uh, 
No, that's, that's not it. That's not how, I don't think that's how God's nature is. Again, he, he forgave us. He actually did the work of forgiving us before mm-hmm. we asked for it. Right. And then when, when we asked for it, it was already there. Do you understand? Right. When, when, when we asked for it, we engaged with the process that God had already completed. He completed the forgiveness on the cross. We didn't experience that forgiveness personally until we engaged right. with it. In the same way, if I have someone, and I'm thinking of multiple people right now that I have had to forgive in my heart because they did me wrong. Right. Now, one way that I know that I've actually walked out the process, it's a process. It doesn't, it's not a snap of finger thing usually. And especially if it's a deep wound, it's going to take a while and you have to yep. learn to be okay with that. And anyway, one of the things that I've learned is when I legitimately get to the point in my life where I can actually think about that person, think about their face, think about their name, and I don't get jittery in my spirit anymore, <laughs> or I don't get like put off, but I actually have love and blessing start to flow yep. out of me. And I start to just wish that I could hug them and give them love. And I just wish the best for them. That's yep. when I know that the healing process has been completed. Yeah. And I think the great thing, I was just kind of following up on reading through that, what we were sent in the question. I think one of the things that, and you touched on it and that's why it brought it up, is that you, you forgiving them independent of them means that they're forgiven whether they ask for it or not. And when they ask for it, you get to say, it's done. You get to say, it's finished. I've yeah. forgiven you already. If they never ask, it's still, they're still forgiven. Even if they don't know what they did wrong, you think they did something wrong, you've forgiven them. And now you can move, now you can move on to the next step. Now you can, you can quit and, and you don't think about it. And, and it's, it's, it's gone. Yeah. And like you said, you don't feel jittery in your spirit anymore. That's the best way I know how to describe it. <laughs> Hopefully everybody else can understand that, but. Those of us who suffer from anxiety total under, totally understand yeah. what you're saying, Justin. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is. That anxious, yeah. anxious feeling you get is, is yeah. gone. It's just not there. Yeah. And honestly, it's, Again, like I, I just mentioned one thing about unforgiveness and faith. You want to see your faith work, man, you better, first thing you better do is get rid of your unforgiveness and walk through that process. But there's so many other benefits. So my, my, I think my bottom line is that it's in God's image to forgive. And it's not, I don't, honestly, if somebody never asks for forgiveness, I don't care. I really don't. Yep. I can get over it. I can control myself. I can't control other people. God doesn't do that. He doesn't control other people. He doesn't make people, think about it this way. Here's a simple way to think about it. God doesn't make people ask for forgiveness. If he did, then he would be in control of us and our, we would never know free will and, and we wouldn't even yep. be here. If he made us ask for forgiveness, we would all be born again. We'd all be in heaven, but there wouldn't be a real relationship. It would have short-circuited the whole thing because now we have no free will. We're robots and it's a big waste yep. of time. So yep. there you go. <laughs> Exclamation point on the end of the sentence there. No, that's great. And, and, and there's, you know, I mean, Jesus talks about, and I don't have the scripture off the top of my head, but he talks about, if you're about to give, uh, you give your tithe, you're at the altar yeah. or do a sacrifice, you're at the altar and you remember your brother sinned against you, put it down, walk away, go ask for forgiveness and deal with it. That's right. You said it right. You notice that your brother sinned against you. Isn't that interesting to think about? It doesn't say if you get up there and you remember you did something wrong. It says if basically if someone else did something wrong to you, but you still have it in your heart that you haven't dealt with it. That's what that verse is saying is you need to, yep. regardless of who was at fault, if you've got something in your heart that's still going on, 
don't you dare go up to the altar and try to give God all the blessings and love. You got to get your stuff dealt with with your brother. Get your unforgiveness issue going. Let the Holy Spirit come into that area and breathe life and healing and bind up the broken stuff in you in that area before you can go off and experience everything that God is. I think that's a very powerful truth. Yeah. And the brother translation here is anyone. It, yeah, it doesn't just mean brother. It means other person. Yeah, that's it. Man, that's good. Anything else on that? I think I'm good on that um, okay. for now. If, if people have more questions, maybe we turn that into a, a full episode. One more thing is the topic of tongues, which we spent a significant amount of time on. Sure. Several episodes, a couple of episodes we did. ago, yep. and and someone kind of just wants some more clarification. I think I wrote it down as this: Why should we speak in tongues? Oh man, I will keep it very quick. Uh, let me just first preface this by saying, and I've said this on the podcast before, that you are not required as a Christian to speak in tongues. Those who don't speak in tongues are not. Uh, not going to heaven or something, right? Like you don't have to speak in tongues to receive salvation. That's not how it works. Right. So I just wanted to get that out of the way first. Now, why speak in tongues? And my answer is there are so many scriptural benefits to speaking in tongues that when you study them out and you learn and you walk, I mean, I've been walking in this for over 10 years. The benefits are so monumental that it's it's to everyone's benefit. If you're a Christian, it's to everyone's benefit to speak in tongues. Here's a couple quick examples. Uh, I'll say personal growth and, f- and building your faith. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and there's also Jude chapter uh, Jude 1, 20. But let me just read really quickly here in, in 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to go read, ahead and read verses 1 through, uh, through 5. It says, Pursue love and desire spiritual it says desire spiritual gifts, but the original language actually says desire the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Pursue love and desire the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, here's here's a benefit, in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. One of the benefits is that you are, when you're speaking in tongues, you're actually allowing your your spirit to speak to God. Mysteries, beautiful, wonderful mm. mysteries. That's amazing. Mm. You can't get there any other any other way. There's nothing else in scripture that allows your spirit to talk directly to God. And let me tell you, there's so many scriptures on, you know, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You know, God is a spirit, John 4, 24, mm. and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. How do you worship him in spirit? Well, this is one of those ways. So one of the benefits is you're literally letting your spirit talk directly to God. And, and there's that might not sound like a big deal to you, but that's that's awesome. Like uh, one example to me is like in worship. I, I I'm in, I'm in love with Jesus more and more all the time. But like I, when you catch a glimpse of who He is and how how good God is, I don't know about you, but uh, your English falters, you know, or whatever your native tongue is, your, your native language, like it falters and it just can't do the job of yeah. adequately giving glory to this almighty father who's the creator of everything, you know? And so for me, it was so frustrating in the the, the seasons leading up to me speaking in tongues because I, I would have that. I would like, oh God, you're so wonderful. You're so good. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. Good. Those are terrible words, you know? Or you're, you're awesome. And I'm like, awesome. What a terrible, come on, you know? Like you just get frustrated because you're like, there's no word. So speaking in tongues, yeah. your spirit just goes for it, man. And you can, it's almost like, I mean, I hate to use this example, uh, I don't know how I can use it and not be crude, but let's just say that you have to 
use the latrine really bad or something and you're holding it, you know, and then finally you are able to let it go. All right. You know, imagine being on a long plane ride or a long Kenyan bus ride or a long anything, you know, <laughs> a long motorcycle ride or something. Right. Oh, that's a big one. It'll, your spirit just gets to unload and you feel when you're done singing or praying in the spirit and worshiping God, it's like, ah, I actually was able to sort of, you know, express myself and my, my thanksgiving to God. So that's one thing you're speaking mysteries. Now listen to this. It says, he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. We're talking about speaking in tongues. It says in verse four, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. I want to talk about that word edify real briefly. This word in the Greek is used several times in the New Testament, and it's always used for building, building something. And in fact, some of the translators and commentaries on this talk about like building like an edifice, taller and taller and taller. And so it says you edify yourself. When you speak in tongues, you build yourself up. And this is in, in regards to your faith, your literally when I, when I pray in tongues, um, if I, if I, and I do it and I do it throughout the day, then we'll talk about that in a minute. But like when I, when I speak in tongues in my quiet time later on, I, I'm nicer to my family. <laughs> I mean, I just see instant results. I am kinder to my kids. I'm smarter. I'm sharper. I don't need coffee. I like coffee, but I, I don't I don't need it because I'm sharp. I mean, I'm mm. even talking about aerospace engineering. I'm doing code and I'll stop in the middle of it and I'll pray in tongues if I'm stuck. And he'll give me the answer, literally line 77, you made a mistake or whatever. And that comes mm-hmm. from me taking mm. a moment and speaking in tongues or I just, I'm smarter. So there's so many things where it's it's edifying yourself, it's building yourself up. Can I yeah. ask just just a follow up to that? I, I I know this may go off, but what? And I may be asking too too deep a question for the time allotted. But what's the difference between just asking for a help in in with that line of code uh, versus praying in tongues? Like why why can't I just ask for help? Like why can't I just say, God, I'm stuck. Help. Yeah. And you can, every revelation I've had, every like supernatural encounter I've had with the Lord. And a a lot of times it's with line 77. And I'm like, what is that? You know, and sure enough, it's just, it's crazy stuff like that. Those are 100% results of me speaking in tongues. When I'm praying in my English understanding, that's fine. And that's all good. But a lot of the times I'm just not sensitive enough. I'm in my flesh. I'm in my head. And we we have the life of God in our spirit. And so I want to access that thing. If you've been born again, man, you've got the life of God in your spirit. And I'm here to tell you that it that life doesn't all come out. Like you have to get your spirit going because you have your soul in the middle and, and your brain and your mental <laughs> mental state is right in the middle. And that's the problem with most of us. We got a thick head, myself included. And you got to somehow get that life and power of God in the spirit out into through your soul, through your thick head, excuse me, talking to myself and out into the flesh. So for me, praying in tongues bypasses that. I bypass the soul realm. I get right into the spirit. Another thing is intercession and effectiveness in prayer. Romans chapter eight, verse 26, you can read it, talks about the Holy Spirit coming together with us in intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. When I pray in tongues, I don't know what I'm praying for. That's what it says. I ask for interpretation and I get it. But many times I know that I'm praying for countries or I'm praying for this person or I'm praying for that person or I'm praying. Let's be honest. If you pray for a president of a country, let's say God puts Zimbabwe on your heart or something. 
how are you going to know what to pray over these people? I'm serious. Mm -hmm. In your natural understanding, mm -hmm. are you really... Yeah, you can do some general prayers, but I'm talking about the Holy Spirit wants to pray through you specific prayers. He wants to move in the Spirit. And I can do that by praying in tongues because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not... My, my brain isn't in control. I'm not limited by my natural human peanut brain. <laughs> I don't know what to pray for. And then read, read Romans yeah. chapter 8, verse 26. We do not know what to pray for as we ought. Right. Can I get an amen? I don't know what to pray. I really don't. Yeah. So that's another benefit. So oh, that's all I'm going to say about it for now. The benefits are amazing. I come at this from a very different perspective. I'm sure you, some of you have listened long enough to, to Justin and I. You've heard BTS a couple of times. You, you understand that Justin and I come from very different. We come from the same belief system, but very different branches of it. Sure. And my system doesn't do tongues. It's not actively discussed against. It's just not something we do. There's, there's several things that we find in the more charismatic branches that, that the, the more, the less charismatic branches don't participate in. They don't, and, and it's not, it's not a problem. There's, it's not a, not something that's wrong. It's just the reason I asked the question I asked is because I have a different understanding, a different interpretation of, of some of those passages of some of those mm -hmm. things of some of the ways, some of the things Paul says and how he says them that change my, the way that comes across. And so I don't have a problem with it. I just, I find sometimes different, different groups put different, different emphasis on different things. Yeah. So, and that's what this is. It's, it's, it's not going to make or break the bank. I love how you started out by saying you don't have to do it. Nope. It's, you don't have to. Nope. You, you, you're, belief and your teaching and your learning has said that it is an important thing. Yep. Uh, mine has said it's not. And we're still it's friends. Just, yeah, we, <laughs> we still get along great. Believe it or not, no. And and to some extent, it's something that I just haven't studied a lot on. That's, no, that's number one. Number two, because it's something that's not in my evangelical section, it, it hasn't been something that's come up. I'm sure I've I've heard talks about it. I'm sure I've had sermons about it. I have been, uh, I've I've I, I have had close friends that have discussed it with me. I have had I've I've been in the room with people that have just recently come out of it, where they've been been they have dealt with speaking in tongues or being slain in the spirit is what we used to call it as I recur, recur, yeah, sure. uh, recall. Mm -hmm. I've had people that it does happen to and they've, they've talked to me about their experience and I thought it was neat. I was 13, so I don't really remember all, all the details of it. But And some of those people stayed in the charismatic movement and some of those people have gone to the uber liturgical side of things. So yeah. I, it's, it is, it's something that I believe exists I'm not where I, I struggle, and this is something that I just struggle with, and, and I'm not sure about, is the, the learning of it. I believe we spoke about that in either, e either episode, either Tongues or Angels. Uh, those are the two episodes we discussed this topic at length, where we talked about being able to learn it, being able to... to um, you talk about praying in tongues, mm -hmm. uh, not being, not having the spirit... Like you, not, not you doing it per se, that's not what I'm saying, but you having the ability to just 
flip a switch yeah in, in in a way and and that's something that is 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 i don't i don't discount anyone's experience it's just something that i don't understand hmm. and that's that's where i struggle with it i totally believe that you can get to that point like you were saying where you have no words and and it's it's all god i where i struggle is with the more personal side of it and that's mm-hmm. something that i i just haven't looked into I don't want to knock anybody's experience. I don't, I, I, I try not to, you know, be judgmental about it or anything like that, even though I may, I may at times seem that way, but you know, everybody's different. Everybody has a different perspective. Everybody learns differently. Everybody's been taught a slightly different version and, and that's all okay. I, it's it, like I said, it's a different thought. It's emphasis on different things and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. It's not going to affect the simple truth of salvation. Yeah. Jesus died for totally. us. We have to believe in him. Yep. And that's it. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can add one thing to that, which is, you know, you, uh, you wouldn't think it's weird for someone who is fluent in French to just suddenly start speaking French. That's, right. that's the way I think about it is it's, it's not weird to me for someone who is fluent in a language, other th- something that my ears don't necessarily recognize. If I recognize it as a fluent language, language, it's not weird for me that, for them to just start speaking in it. And that's what I would say about, about tongues is it, and maybe we were, and this is good that you brought this up, Eric, maybe we weren't super clear on the podcast about it. Like, is it like learning a language where you're like, Oh, this word means that, or I, I don't know what your, what, what the listener's response is, but no, it's, it's not like that at all. It's, in fact, my experience was I, I I just had to get over my head, really, you know, because your ears mm-hmm. hear something that your mouth is saying and you're like, oh, that sounds weird. I've never heard that before. And so your soul and your body are like, yuck, I don't like that or whatever, right? Because it's, it's different. It's a different right. language. And so you're, you're like, that's weird, which again, this is another benefit of speaking tongues I didn't mention is it is it actually helps combat unbelief. What I mean by that mm-hmm. is it, it literally trains you to be more sensitive to your spirit than your body mm-hmm. and your mind. Just like fasting, mm-hmm. it does the same thing for you that fasting does, except I can't fast mm-hmm. all day, every day. I can pray in tongues all day, every day, though, and I do. I pray in tongues all the time. And it's literally, though, it's it's training yourself to listen to your spirit. So when something happens in your life and you're faced with some giant, right? Some issue in life, whatever it may be, financial, personal, physical, whatever, right? Right. Where are you, what have you trained yourself? Have you trained yourself in the flesh? So now you're just going to look at it in the flesh and you're going to be like those guys in Numbers chapter 13 in the Bible, the, the, the 12 spies and 10 of them were like, yeah, it's a great land. But in this promised land, we saw giants and they were huge. They're going to destroy us. And then it says, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And then therefore, so were we in their sight. You see, these guys literally killed themselves because they were more minded on the flesh than they were the spirit. Mm. Joshua and Caleb were like, dudes, what are you guys talking about? Let's go. God's word, right? They were in the spirit. They were like, we understand. We see the problem. Our flesh is saying the same thing that your flesh is saying, but we are trusting in God's word. Mm-hmm. And and I'm drawing that parallel because because praying in tongues trains your body to listen to your spirit. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to add that to what you just said, Eric. Yeah. No, that's great. That's so. great. And again, this is this isn't just theological. This is something I've been walking. And again, I'm not trying to convince anybody right now. I'm just I'm just trying to tell my story. 
It's working right. for me. I've been walking in this 10 years and I'm, and it's working for me. And I just want everyone to yeah. experience what I've been experiencing. Yeah, Justin, that's, that's great. It, it helps. It helps those of us that come from a different side. The French thing was really cool. That actually really put it in my brain of just like, cool. yeah, okay. It's a, it's a different language. It's a different yeah. way of speaking. Yeah. I would love to keep going on this. We have another question sort of related to this. We have a couple more questions we didn't get to today. Okay. Okay. So I think let's hold on to those, but I want you to send more questions. I, we yes, want more please. questions from you. We would love to do this. Well, I would love to do this. I think Justin, Justin and I enjoy sitting down and talking. We do it on our own anyway, just because <laughs> we get to turn on the mics once in a while and actually record it and put it yep. out for you guys. That's what is, this is. is. We have a ton of fun doing that. Really quick, let's preview some things that are coming up. I know we have a couple more episodes of Physics of Faith planned. Yep, yep. We are going to do something a little bit different this year, and, and we may turn it into an ongoing series where we're going to do our December episode is going to be Christmas-themed. Yay! Um, and that may be yep. something we'll do going forward. Our March or April episode will be Easter-themed. Yep. Not that all of our stuff isn't already Christmas and Easter theme because we talk about <laughs> Jesus and God all the time, but we're going to delve specifically into those periods yeah. and those time frames of Jesus's life, his birth and his his death and resurrection, and we're specifically going to go into for both of those holidays. We're specifically going to go into like the traditional Christmas story in the Bible, the wise men, the shepherds, and we're going to pick something that. When I learned it, I wish I would have learned this as a kid because it totally turns the whole Christmas story into something different. I'm not exaggerating and I'm not just saying that it will change the way you think about the Christmas story because of these, just the, the historical aspects of what was going on and where it was at and what the lambs, like what were these lambs and the, the shepherds and who were these shepherds and stuff like that where we're going to really unearth some some really cool stuff about the Christmas story. And the same, same thing with Easter. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, and I really look forward to that. We look forward to you asking us more questions. If, Like I said, if you give us enough more, we will have to do this again. Uh, we'll turn it into an unstoppable Q&A. And uh, as we've asked before, uh, if you have suggestions for us, if you have comments for us, please send those to us. Ask those questions. Send us those comments. Send us topic ideas, things you want to know more about, and stuff like that. Justin, do you have anything else you want to say in this BTS version three? Well, what is what is BTS? You've mentioned it so many times. I don't think we've actually. I have mentioned it. that so many times. <laughs> BTS stands for behind the scenes. The scenes, right? No, I'm just so thankful for everybody who submitted questions. Thank you for submitting these things, giving us something to talk about, and you know, giving us the opportunity to, you know, we did have a little bit of time to study these beforehand, so we did. It, it was awesome, though. Thank you for that. It made us think. It made us, you know, we, we were able to pray over these things and really believe the Holy Spirit to lead this conversation. And I'm excited for what's coming with Unstoppable. I just want to reiterate to people that this isn't just something we're doing for fun. We actually really do believe that God's in it and he's doing things and he's changing lives. And again, financially, we are making an impact, um, you know, for the partners. We are we are sending money. We are sending resources. I want to remind you of that again. Please give. Please be part of it. Just join join the mission. But it's just cool. I, I'm I'm really honored to be part of this with you, Eric, and and all of you listeners. I'm I'm just so thankful that you're that you're listening and that you're taking part in this. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. For more resources, including our previous episodes, blogs, and free downloadable content, visit us at unstoppableblog.net. You can also find us on Facebook at Unstoppable Blog. 
Justin and I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast and that it's encouraged, equipped, and empowered you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promise and live a life without limits. Oh,